Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The Chicago Bulls took care of the business that needed to be done last night against the Toronto Raptors, playing a great defensive game in the second half and becoming the first tenth seed in the play-in to win a game. Now, the Oklahoma City Thunder went on to do the same thing later on in the night, but the Bulls were still the first to do it. We're going to talk about that game, break it all down, dive into the mailbag, talk about what's coming up next for the Bulls against the Miami Heat right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans, welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. If you want to follow me right off the top, you can do so at CEO Hayes at CEO H-A-I-Z-E. If you want to follow the show, you can do so at Bulls Central Pod, but let's get into it. The Chicago Bulls overcame a 19-point deficit to end up winning, uh, winning against the Toronto Raptors. And this was a game in which Zach Levine had the closest thing he's ever had to his playoff moment, right? Scoring 30 points in the second half alone, going on to score 39 points, six rebounds, three assists, and one steal, but just coming up big when the Bulls needed it. When the Bulls needed a momentum shift in that second half, it was Zach Levine that pushed it. And not to say that there are other players that didn't contribute. No, because there absolutely was. When you look at the brand of defense that Patrick Williams was playing at the same time that Zach Levine was going on that run offensively, they provided an offense-defense one-two punch that just helped get the Bulls back in the game and eventually take over the lead. But not even just, it wasn't just DeMar and Pat. Kobe White in that first half is what kept us in as close as we were in the first half of the game. Kobe White was by far the best Chicago Bull in the first half of the game. No, he did not score the most points. That would have been DeMar DeRozan. But when you look at Kobe White's impact that he made outside of just scoring, Kobe White in the first half of the game, I do not want to overlook it, was the, was the best Bull in the first half, going 100% from the field. He played 25 minutes. He was 4-4 from the field, 1-1 of from three-point line, going on to score nine points. We needed all, all of those. Now, in the second half, he didn't score as much, but he didn't need to because Zach Levine was in rhythm. Nikola Vucevic even hit a little bit of it. DeMar DeRozan came in and did these things. Alice Caruso, who we've all been talking about, needs to shoot the ball better. Hit some important shots for the Chicago Bulls, as did Patrick Beverly. His one shot, he was one for five from the field. I believe his one shot is what gave the Bulls the lead at one point in time. Listen. It was a night where the Bulls matched the playoff atmosphere in the way that we needed them to do. Was it a perfect game? No, by not, not by any stretch of the imagination. But when you look at the Bulls, they did still get out-rebounded by 14. They didn't shoot the, the ball well from three-pointer, only 26% from three. They ended up shooting the ball 48% overall from the field, but they had 51 points in the paint. They had 10 turnovers on the game, which is the area that we wanted to be in. And out of the 42 uh, buckets that they made, 20 were assisted, meaning they were moving the ball around. And that is one of the keys to beating a team like the Toronto Raptors is move the ball around, limit the turnovers as much as you can. I would have liked to see the Bulls have even less turnovers. But at the end of the day, the Bulls took care of business. They withstood a Toronto Raptors team that was playing really good in the first half, right? Shooting the ball, I wouldn't say lights out, but shooting the ball really well were the Toronto Raptors in the first half of the game. But the Bulls found a way. 
The Bulls dug in. They found that heart and determination that we need and have wanted the Bulls to play with. Zach Levine played like the $215 million man that we paid. Not we, but the Bulls paid him to be. And it just, it was a different feel in the second half. This was a tale of two halves of the game, but let's not overlook. Coming into this game, in most games, you try to look for X factor in games like this. And I had it pegged that Patrick Williams and Kobe White were going to be the X factors for this game. And in some ways they were, especially Patrick Williams with his defense on Pascal Siakam. Shout out to Billy Donovan for, you know, he did leave Patrick Williams on the bench for a little bit too long than I would have liked to see, but he did bring him in, had him in there in the in the in the last seconds of the fourth quarter as well to guard. We needed that. But there is one X factor in this game, an X factor that there's no way that you can prepare for, and that is DR DeRozan. Right? This young lady and her free throw defense was some of the most clutch defense I've ever seen in my life. I've never seen somebody be able to time their scream perfectly with the opponent's free throws. Like, the Toronto Raptors in this game, and I know the Raptors are going to be hitting themselves over the head with how they shot the free throws in this game. They missed 18 free throws. They got 36 free throw attempts, and they missed half of them. That, that, that is an anomaly. You don't usually see that from playoff-level teams, and that was a big part of the difference. Yes, the Bulls' defense is what got them back in this game. The Bulls' defense is what won them in this game, but I do not want to overlook what this young lady did at the free-throw line, especially in the, those last three free-throws, which that call was trash, by the way. The three, the, the, the foul on Alice Caruso that Alice Caruso had on Pascal Siakam, it was a foul, but the fact that they turned that into a shooting foul was crazy, but the basketball gods even that out. He missed, uh, he missed one of those, so it helped the Bulls. But what D.R. DeRozan did, and you're going to see her a lot. You're going to see photos. She's going to be the MVP of this game for so many people because that scream, that shriek that she had that I'm sure was distracting. For, it was distracting for me at home. I couldn't imagine playing basketball while hearing that. Um, so, you know, I mean, listen, the Bulls needed all of it, right? They needed DeMar DeRozan to come in and play how he did in the fourth quarter, hitting some important buckets did DeMar DeRozan as well. When the Bulls needed to get uh, uh, easy buckets, he got to the free throw line or he hit some tough buckets. DeMar, not a perfect game, but he goes 10-19 from the field, 23 points, seven rebounds, three assists, two blocks from DeMar DeRozan. This Bulls team played the way that we needed and have wanted them to, to see them play. And I know some Bulls fans that want that pick and hope that have still high hopes that the Bulls can hold on to that top four pick. I know you guys wanted to see the Bulls lose, and I understand it, right? This isn't one of those things where we, like, I don't understand where you're coming from. But to see this team win in the way that they did at halftime, I thought that this game was over. I'm not going to lie to you. With, with Fred Van Vliet going into halftime, hitting that shot, it was just like, hey, the momentum seems to be building with them. The Bulls' body language was terrible in the second quarter of that game. If you looked, me, me and Pat the designer talked about it, like, the body language of the team in the second quarter seemed like a team that was defeated. Seems like a team that, you know, just felt like they didn't have it. That was kind of down on themselves. But they come out in the second half of the game, in the third quarter. They did allow a big run to open the third quarter. But it's like after that, that was the kind of what they needed to get the pressure off their back, and they responded in a meaningful way, coming in, taking care of business. Taking care of business, getting some of the key 50-50 balls, getting key rebounds. Shout out to Patrick Beverly as well, getting that refighting for that rebound that the Bulls needed that possession in the fourth quarter. The Bulls took care of business. And, and as much as I haven't seen any of the national media conversation with it, but if anybody's having a conversation that the Raptors lost this game, no, the Bulls took this game and make no mistake about it their defense in the second half and head coach billy donovan coaching a well constructed defensive scheme in the second half of this game that's what changed the tide on top of zach levine scoring and then the rest of the players stepping up and hitting some shots when we needed it 
the Bulls won this game, man. And 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 becoming the first 10th seed to win a playing game, hey, it, it is what it is. The Bulls made history, but we now we need to head to Miami. And can the Bulls do it again against Miami, right? And we'll do a full preview of that game on tomorrow's episode. But when you're looking at this matchup against the Miami Heat, yes, they are a team that looked terrible in their first playing game. They looked bad. They looked old. They looked slow. They looked like they didn't want it. They looked like, like they are ready for this season to be over with. But I'm not going to necessarily come into that game expecting to see that same Miami Heat team. But the Bulls have to find a way to dig in and play play another playoff-style game and to come in and execute, to come in and have a game plan, to come in and do the things that we know that this team is capable of doing, that we've seen flashes of, and they're going to have to play like it's a win-or-go-home scenario. And that's what we saw last night from the Bulls. I'm not necessarily saying that Zach Levine needs to come in and have another close to 40-point piece. But we do need this team to execute. And I hope that the team can rebound. The, the, the Bulls match up much better against the Miami Heat when you just look at the size aspect of it. So playing small ball shouldn't hurt the Bulls as much on the boards, but the Bulls are going to have to come in and they're going to have to be prepared because while the Heat did look terrible in that first playing game, they still have head coach Eric Spostro over on the other side of the ball, one of the best X's and O's coach in, the whole, in all of the NBA right now. So we'll see. I don't want to just assume, but I'm feeling confident right now with the Chicago Bulls. And I said it, the Bulls came in and played with the level of hard and determination that we need. It really does help. Now, realize that this team knows what they can do. Patrick Williams understands what he can do. Patrick catching multiple bodies in this game as well, by the way. But we need a repeat performance against the Miami Heat. And I know some Bulls fans are saying all this, what, to just end up losing to the Milwaukee Bucks in the first round? Listen. I, at that point, we'll worry about that when we worry about that. I've said this before. Nothing changes the work that needs to happen this offseason. The Bulls more than likely weren't going to hold on to their pick anyway. So at the end of the day, it's just this, man. The Bulls need to take care of business. How far they can ride this out, how far they can go, we're going to be right here tuned in and see it. And this Bulls team is riding some momentum. They've won three games in a row. We know we have the 4-0 curse, right? Can the Bulls finally win a fourth game in a row, and this time coming in a win-and-go-home scenario against the Miami Heat? How poetic. Would that be, right? But DeMar DeRozan overcoming his former team. Can the Bulls get past their former player that really set the Bulls on this path of the rebuild when they sent away Jimmy Butler? Can they do that next, right? Storylines write themselves, man. And while it's still, it's still, like I said, it's kind of surreal what's going on around the team and the fact that this may be this last run for this version of the team. So we'll see what the Bulls can do, man. And I have super high hopes for this team against the Miami Heat, and we're going to see what they're able to do. But since it is a play-in win that we got, I wanted to dive into the mailbag because I knew we were going to have some mailbags after that win last night. This first one, this one's from Steph. Yeah, this is Steph from the South Burbs of Chicago. Yeah, I, I'm happy that the Bulls were the first Tennessee to win the first play-in tournament. But if you notice on one previous play where... Experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, Bet the nonstop action of March Madness with MyBookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code BULLCENTRAL but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide 
who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code BULLCENTRAL to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Ooch got the ball and he had the ability or the, the chance to drive to the basket and perhaps dunk or what have you. For whatever reason, he likes to settle and, and spot up for jumpers. I don't know if it's the fact that he's afraid to go in strong and, and, and draw contact, but that's been his main weakness to me. And I've been noticing that throughout the season that he's been here. It's like he has opportunities to drive to the basket hard, perhaps get a dunk or an one included. But he just pulls up for these little jumpers. And it's like, oh, come on now, you're supposed to be the center on the team. Go in strong, um, dunk or, or draw an one. Why are you playing so soft? And to me, uh, when it comes to making some changes during the offseason. I think he should definitely be the one to go. We definitely need a big man, get a big man in the organization that's going to, you know, be fearless, go to the basket, drive, dunk, grab rebounds, um, block shots, rim protecting everything. And that's the one big thing I think as the organization the Bulls is lacking. Um, we need to find us a legitimate big man that can score. You know, we need to get somebody sort of like a Joel Embiid or a Giannis. Um, but until we fill that void as far as having somebody as a true center, I don't think the Bulls would ever be in a situation to where they will make it to the finals because that's the one thing this team has been lacking for years. So uh, that's pretty much my intake on that. All right, and Steph has the mindset that I think a lot of people have. And the problem with that, Steph, you mentioned Giannis and Joel Embiid. You just don't go out and get those guys. There are only there are only a few select players that offer what Nikola Vucevic does on offense while also fixing all of his holes. And you did you did name them. Joel Embiid is one of those. You're not just going out and getting in Joel Embiid. You're not just going out and getting in Jokic. You're not just going out and getting these players. They're not there, right? You're not just going out and getting in Jaron Jackson Jr. It's not you're not just going out. You can either draft or you can get lucky. But we as Bulls fans, and it's so hard. Like even in a win, criticizing Vooch for what he didn't do in a team against a team that is extremely hard. Like we knew Jacopoto is a bad matchup for him. The length of the Toronto Raptors is a bad matchup for him. There were a lot of players in times in this game where players didn't go to O because guess what? It's tough to do against the Toronto Raptors. Let's stop thinking you can't just go out and get a center better than Nikola Vucevic. It's not going to happen. You can go out and get a center that is better defensively. You can go get a center that's more aggressive offensively, but you're not going to get the combination of what Vooch brings offensively, passing-wise, that has helped this team move and operate. You're just not going to go out and get that player. Like, we got to be more realistic in what we're talking about. Is Vooch perfect? Hell no. But you're not just going to go out and get a Joe Allen Bede if you, if you have a, players that are better at the center position while having all of Vooch's positives, while none of his negatives are all are basically all-time great centers. You just don't go out and get that, right? So I, let's just be more realistic. Is Vooch perfect? No. But that's why team makeup is important. 
That's why what you have around him is important. And I'll tell you what, a lot of Bulls fans have this mindset of, we hope Vooch leaves in the offseason. I guarantee you, Vooch leaves for nothing this offseason. And unless AK does some magic, you're going to really realize the importance of Vooch outside of just what he does or does not do scoring. You're going to realize that come next season, especially if we just have a defensive center that, yeah, plays tough and blocks some shots, but can't pass to save his damn life. We'll see. All right, let's get into this next one. This one's from No Sage. CEO Hayes, this is No Sage. Just wanted to leave this for your mailbag. That game against the Raptors was epic. And watching Zach and his hero ball actually come to fruition was amazing. I know you usually have these stat lines where you kind of show when DeMar sits, um, Zach shines. And I know it's kind of hard to show that stat line through and through with Zach's injury and things along that nature. But I don't know. I'm just excited, man. If, if they actually get to the Bucks, will Zach be able to turn it on with his hero ball again? Because he didn't really get his chance to close out the Bucks series the last time in full health. So, yeah, those are my basic thoughts. <laughs> Sorry, that was my alarm. But just wondering if... I don't know if Zach could turn it on because I know he needs something more to kind of get him going than um, somebody like Patrick Beverly in his face, somebody like the Donovan. I think he needs something else, some higher stakes, a higher purpose to kind of like turn it on and to go off. So um, I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for everything, for all your pods, for all of your knowledge and all the gems. Yes, it was a great game against the Toronto Raptors. Uh, now you mentioned, you know, uh, 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 the Bulls kind of shining with DeMar said, listen, DeMar was frustrated. And I don't really hold that against him because he, he knew he needed to sit down. When you look at when DeMar went to sit down, when he ripped the towel, things like that, DeMar understood that his mental at that point, he needed to calm it down so he can be better for the Bulls team. He knew that. Now, luckily, Zach came in with a superstar level performance and helped keep us in that game and push us into taking that lead. And then DeMar was able to come in and be the finishing on top that we needed. He was able to come in and get the buckets, get a bucket when the Bulls needed or get to the free throw line. So, yeah, it wasn't a perfect game by DeMar. And the the, the on-off court with him and Zach will look at that a lot in the offseason and what that could mean and if AK is going to do something there. But I do want to say that, yes, DeMar had a struggle of a game. Tough fouls. You can see he was getting in his head. He was getting frustrated. But I also want to point out the fact that DeMar did calm it down and came back in and was the king of the fourth. In a way, yeah, he didn't have the huge performance in the fourth that we're used to seeing that got him the king of the fourth nickname, but DeMar absolutely checked himself and came in and contributed for this team in the fourth quarter. All right, let's get into this last one. Um, this one is from uh, No Say. I'm sorry, not No Says. This one is from Gullah. Yo, what's good, money? It's your man, Monty. Yellow for Life Radio. Yellow for Life TV on YouTube. First and foremost, man, hey, I appreciate the podcast. appreciate all the information. All the the detail, yo, you do real good with your advanced analytics, how you break that shit down. Yo, keep that shit up. I know we don't agree on everything, but that's what it is, you know? But I was just thinking about last night. A lot of people seem to be, I would say, not excited, but kind of surprised by how Dilly coached. But if you think about it, he's had most of his success at the collegiate level during NCAA tournament-style game. Last night was that type of game. Maybe that bought out his death. You know what I'm saying? Maybe if he coached like every game was a win or go home game, we'd be in a better position. Hopefully we see more of this coaching, most more of this, you know, adjusting on the fly style coaching from him in his next game. But uh 
I mean, that's pretty much all I want to say. Yo, keep doing what you do, man. Keep doing what you do. Hey, I appreciate you. Everybody here in the audience appreciates you. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, make sure you check out the Reading This Dope podcast on your favorite podcast app whenever you get time. But, anyway, always be dealing for life. 100. All right. And uh, Gullah for Life TV mentions Billy Donovan's success and how it's come in NCAA tournament-type atmospheres. And I, I love that point. That That is what the playing scenario really is. It is a, a, a NCAA tournament-type feel because it's win or go home. Now, to your point, can we get more coaching like this from Billy Donovan? I'm for a firm believer in when people show you who they are, you believe it, right? And Billy has shown this a, a little bit. We I've said it before. The second game against the Toronto Raptors in the season, He's shown an ability to come up with a great defensive scheme. The game against the Memphis Grizzlies, which we played a great second half, he changed the defensive scheme there. A game against the Bucs, he did it. Um, and there were other games over the course, a Boston Celtics game as well. Billy Donovan has had games where he has come up with a great defensive scheme and adjustment. He's had that, right? The problem is, is that he doesn't do it at a consistent enough basis. So, you know, some flash in the pan type things. And like I always say, and I know, you know, this kind of sends Bulls fans a little bit when I say this. Billy Donovan isn't a terrible head coach. He may not be the head coach for the Bulls. He may not be the head coach that can get the most out of this specific roster of players, but he's not a terrible head coach. He, 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 he has his flaws. Some of those flaws are adjusting, more so on the offensive side, especially when teams are doing weird things and kind of random things on defense. He doesn't really adjust well to that. Uh, some of his defensive schemes do leave much to be desired, but keep in mind the Bulls have been the number one defense in the league since the All-Star break, and I think they're the fifth overall on the season. So. We know that we can play a solid brand of defense. Um, it's, it's, it's a combination of things that go on with Billy Donovan, but can we get it again from Billy Donovan? That's the biggest thing. He's going to have a big test in front of him, and Eric Spolster on the other side of the ball when we face the Miami Heat. How Billy Donovan coaches in that game is going to be important, and it's going to be telling for what this team is and can do, and I hope that he can. He's shown that he can do it in spurts. I don't know as you go into the playoffs, which the Bulls, don't expect them to go like in a playoff series, but as you go further in the playoffs and that coaching becomes more important, the strategy becomes more important. That's when over the course of Billy's career, we've seen him falter some. So, you know, that it, it is what it is. But in this season, this next up game against the Miami Heat, I hope he can do it again. I hope the Bulls can do it again. I hope that they capture that level of heart and give it to us again. But that's it for today's daily episode of Bulls Central, of Chicago Bulls Central. Make sure you guys are following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, BullsCentralPod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. And like I liked in every episode on, go Bulls, see red, love you guys. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of The Break, Break, Break Media. Media. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.